My name is Anatoly Kirichenko, and I'm the curator and founder of Wham Gallery and Wham Book Club. Born in the Ukraine, uh, when did you come to the U.S.? Did you spend a lot of time out there? Yeah, I was born in Ukraine, and I grew up in Bryan Beach, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I moved to New York when I was two years old. It was the fall of like the Soviet Union, actually, and Ukraine still wasn't technically Ukraine. It was under the USSR, and my family, uh, they were able to move because my family were Jewish. Oh, or Jewish, yeah. Why, why the distinction? Like, why does the religion allow someone to move? <clears throat> I think things were getting, like, really bad. And, yeah, if we've learned anything, like, through history, like, Jews have got it pretty bad. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, previous wars. So they, um, they thought they were going to just, like, exterminate the Jews again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucked up. That is fucked up. Well, um, so you moved, you moved when you were two, and then uh, what was it like growing up like a Ukrainian immigrant in Brooklyn? It, it was it was great, but you know I've always been like an immigrant and just like not you know my name's Anatoly and I just had like a, a like a different name you know. Uh, luckily, it was Brooklyn and like the area I grew up in was very diverse, but. Mm-hmm. It was kind of harder. I always kind of felt like an outsider, you know, like an immigrant. Like I wasn't fully immersed into like American culture. You know, I would go home and like I would have like pierogies, you know, or soup. And like I didn't understand why I had to have soup like for lunch, you know, every single day. But it was just like the way my family did it. And so like I think they like Americanized like growing up in Brian Beach. Everyone is predominantly like Russian Jewish, Ukrainian Jewish, like some form of like Eastern European mm-hmm. And so you can go to like supermarkets or pharmacy and people would just be like talking to you, you know, in Ukrainian or in Russian. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you never really sort of had to almost change, you know, who you were. It was, it was yeah, really interesting place. It's, it's still not really gentrified, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, it's very different than other parts of Brooklyn, for sure. <laughs> you know, like people are like not moving there to party. Mm-hmm. really yeah so then um would you say that your parents were like stricter than the other kids around you or did you have any like could you feel a difference in the way that you were raised no i mean my mom my parents yeah i guess they were strict you know like all like sort of immigrant you know parents right. they didn't right. you know want me to fall into like bad circles but you know my mom was i want to say like open-minded she was an artist herself um she inspired a lot of art in me um yeah my yeah my parents it's funny like i always like try to like understand who they were and i think that's like why i was so interested in just like psychology because i felt like it it was going to offer me like a lens into like understanding my family more just like understanding my background more. Um, yeah. Is that what you ended up going to NYU for? Yeah, I, I got a bachelor's, you know, in arts. Um, but I studied like social science, art and science. Yeah. That's cool. Did you uh, enjoy your time there? Like, because uh, it, I mean, from an outside perspective, it seems like you perhaps 
got that degree, but we're going to do what you were going to do regardless? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I went there and I did, you know, what I had to do. Um, but it was really eye-opening. You know, it was like the first time I was really like immersed like downtown, you know, I was just, you know, I was, I was, I was going, I was obviously going there as like a kid, but I was finally like living in it, you know, yeah, like and Washington Square Park. Like, yeah. You yeah, know, like I, sure. I got to see it all like with just like, I got to feel it, you know? And I think that was really inspiring and just like going there. I, I wish I, you know, use more of the resources, but you know, they have like mm -hmm. such an extensive archive oh, of yeah. books and videos and, you know, I, I got to do some of it, but like, and, and, you know, the, the, you know, the faculty is also, you know, they're like the best. So I, I wish I kind of used those resources more, but you know, I got a, I felt like I, I got what I needed from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my girlfriend actually went to NYU and she, about the professors specifically said like, they were amazing. Like they're, they just wrote books, like lived all around the world, done such like interesting things. So it was like cool to learn from people like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I um, I, yeah, I tried to like sort of take advantage of that. You know, I felt like I never really had any sort of like mentors, you know, people who like did what I, what I do and like told me about it. You know, I kind of had to just figure it all out, you know, like most people. Yeah. How'd you get into streetwear? So I got into, I got into luxury fashion. Uh, after college, I started working for designer Adam Kimmel and he put me onto a lot of things and I was always inspired by like, him making clothing and I was always into streetwear, like the art of streetwear, like fashion. I always was into just Jordans, Nikes, just, you know, Brooklyn shit, you know, and always admired the creators behind these brands. It was just like really inspiring to me. Yeah. When you, when you say that you like started working for Adam Kimmel, like, how did you how did you make that connection and like were you trying to work for brands after you graduated from college? Yeah, I guess I was trying to work for someone I, I really just like liked his vision. You know, there was like one collection that really stuck out and it was just this um this lookbook that was shot with it was just a George Kondo collaboration that he had like designed all these masks and he made this like poker collection where it was just like these monsters like dressed up in just like fly tuxedos and I thought that was like really creative and I thought that was like really cool that he like sort of was able to tap in with different you know artists and like make this collection sort of inspired by something else um sort of come together like he was like the orchestrator you know he was like the creator and he was it, it, it kind of brought in my like horizons where like i was able to see how people can sort of pull the resources to just you know establish their vision so that was like really inspiring to me and it was you know i think yeah like the kimmel there's a there's a there's a building in nyu it's called the kimmel building i had lunch there all the time and mm -hmm. he's related to that dude and he also went to nyu so like oh, it was wow. just kind of like more of like an alumni sort of connection yeah that's interesting 
I, I like that uh, it seems in my understanding of you so far is that when you talk about like clothing, you more talk about the collaboration, like went into the actual creation of that and like the art direction maybe within that rather than the actual piece of clothing that comes out of it. So I think that's kind of cool that you were inspired more by like the minor pieces that became the totality of it rather than like, no, I really like this shirt. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Just because for me, I'm more like now I'm becoming more of that, but I, I'm more like, wow, I like that shirt or something. Yeah. I mean, everything kind of has a meaning, you know, you have to like, you know, everything is like a symbol. So you like, if sure. you're going to wear something on your body, you know, you want like, you either really fuck with it or you like, you know, you like the color or whatever, but it's just, it's, you know, a, res- a representation of who you are to a certain, you know, extent, um, you know, what you wear, you know, the shoes make the man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that too. I, I've actually explained that to a bunch of people like, um, my girlfriend specifically, she doesn't understand buying clothing, but for me, I'm like, this is a, it's an expression truly of like how I want others to perceive me. And like, you don't perceive that as anything, but other people do perceive that as something. And those are the people that I'm more speaking to when I wear something, I guess. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta walk the walk, you know, you like, surely, surely. Otherwise, we're all the same. Like, I don't know until you talk to someone, but we're not going to, we live in New York fucking city. You can't talk to everyone. No, but you can see everyone. And so I feel like it's like human nature to want to just stick out or be different. Mm. And also, I, I think there's like nothing wrong. And some people don't understand like spending a lot of money on clothing or things that are seen as surface. But I remember, uh, I think, I think Lucian posted something the other day and, you know, I just kind of clapped back at it because he was like, oh, like rappers rapping about jewelry and like certain things is like, like kind of surface and stuff. But it's like, you don't know that person's life. And, and for someone that getting that to be able to express themselves might have been something that they wanted forever and could not do in the same way. If like someone gets a paycheck and they spend half that paycheck on a fucking hoodie you don't know what that hoodie makes them feel like. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> I didn't even have a question. I'm just <laughs> literally ranting. On so I, you were saying the other, uh, yesterday that after you worked for Kimmel, you started working at Supreme. Why'd you go out West? Um, no, I actually, I, uh, I briefly worked at Supreme, uh, and then started working for Adam Kimmel. They had oh, okay. originally done the collaboration with him and it was uh, suiting. And I thought it was like really cool. It was shot by Ty- uh, Tyrone Lebon. And yeah, just the imagery really resonated with me. And I wanted to work for that designer. Um, and then I saw like other collections, you know, like the George Kondo collection. And uh, I felt like I needed to like work for him. Like I needed to like learn from him you know Mm -hmm. so um when you continued on that journey did you know that you were going to continue to work in streetwear was that something that you had decided like was going to be like your field i guess for lack of a better term yeah i mean like i said like i've always kind of connected with streetwear you know like streetwear is always like whether it's like stussy or supreme 
it's always been sort of the downtown hub for like youth, you know, downtown youth, really. Um, photographers, skaters, musicians, designers, like, you know, the store was located in Soho, you know, it's like the, it's like the direct like epicenter of like, you know, downtown, like mm -hmm. it was just, it, it was great to see everyone sort of like go through that store. You got to really meet people who shared similar interests. When you started, I guess, I don't know at what point you moved back to New York from being out West. Yeah, I was at West 2011, 2012. I was already back at, back in New York at the end of the year. Because, um, yeah, I had gotten this, like, opportunity at Adam Kimmel. Mm -hmm. So I immediately started to work for him after. When did you make a transition um, from working with him? And, and perhaps, like, um, I know that you had said you started managing Stussy New York in 2016. There was someone else who was working at uh, Kimmel at the time who had uh, started working at uh, Comme des Garçons after, and I had just moved with him because Adel Adam Kimmel like closed his company. Oh. Um, I think like somewhere in like the late 2000s, but things were changing and he didn't want to design clothing anymore. And so we all had to sort of look for other jobs. Mm. Why did you, uh, why did you move to Stussy and why, like, why did they, why were they comfortable to like give you the reins kind of of that? <laughs> like, cause not that I don't think that they should trust you or anything like that, but it's like, that's their only flagship, like in, east coast right yeah it's the only store in new york and uh no i'm very like fortunate that i was able to get this opportunity um but a friend of mine max king really put me on we had met uh at dover street market and susie was also sort of transitioning you know it kind of had a hiatus in the you know, mid 2000s, you know, we, we were hearing a lot about other street brands, but sort of forgotten about Stussy. And so I, um, you know, I always, I always loved the brand. Um, and I felt that I could help the brand, you know, get to where it's at. Pretty much. How did you have that confidence? Like you just were like really, would you say you were more like a visionary in terms of stuff like that? Yeah, I would, I would call myself a visionary. <laughs> um, how did I, uh, you know, it's just like a feeling, you know, you just like, sometimes you just know, you know, you just, you just know what's, what's good. And I feel like I've always sort of followed my heart and that has, you know, like I've, I've, I've always been true and like really honest with myself. And I felt like brands needed to hear the truth, you know, cause they're out, you know, chasing, you know, an idea or a concept. But like, I think we had to sort of change the, the, 
the the paradigm you know we had to switch the the stigma behind the, the the brand and it was always like cool and radical and like the principles you know were all there um i was just like you know the the foundation of that brand is just like you know pretty much like what i believe in you know like just being open-minded like everyone can wear it it brings together you know different subcultures like that's what I believed in. And like, I just like connected with that brand on, on sort of like just their principles and their overall mission, you know? Yeah. That's, I think that's amazing. Like hearing you say it now, like makes sense why they would want you in that position. It's like almost beyond just selling clothing. It's more like the actual ideology um, behind the brand. Yeah. You know, the clothes, the clothes will always sell but i think just the narrative had to just be corrected and yeah i just you know i think i think another thing we were saying yesterday and i think it speaks a lot to your taste and i think that when i bring up you know wham it'll tend to that too but you were saying you've hired everyone that's like directly hired everyone that's worked there since you've been there and that like that matters for a brand that shows like who's a part of this collective. And so like, you definitely are like, no, no, no. Like we want the people here to really like mean, mean something bigger than just these shirts or whatever's there. Everyone I've hired, like have, has, has been, you know, have, has, had shared that like vision and also shared those principles. Um, and so I felt like they were just leaders on their own or just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I take pride in everyone who I've, you know, worked with and, and have hired for that store because yeah, they just share common, the same common values. You know, I think in, in sort of that industry, you have to be creative as well. And, right. you know, when, you know, things, things only succeed if they're honest and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you've hired artists and musicians and people that will probably come through there and leave there, but like make an impact in a way more so just like, hey, I need this paycheck. Like, are you hiring or something? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a platform for anyone, you know, and some people run with it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. You know, like they're like Stussy, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in industry and like just the designers like you know they they started working at Stussy too you know James Jebbia was also you know the manager of the store Mm -hmm. in the 90s Mm -hmm. that's interesting was he he was a manager of New York yeah the store opened in 1990 in on Prince Street I believe that was like it was like Stussy Union yeah so Union is like another brand um that sort of also came out, I think it was established in the nineties. And, uh, that one was just like more, it was kind of like the original Dover street. It sort of like introduced a lot of Japanese designers to New York. Right. Right. And I thought that was really cool also. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, cause yeah, stores at the time, they only sort of had, you know, your luxury brand stores, like brands that were like established for the most part, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of like young designers, that were just doing their thing and there needed to be a store to showcase their work. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. In the same way that like 
New York stockists or wherever in the U.S. will stock in Japan. Like there has to be like, you know, kind of a flow back too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, at what point were you starting to have conversations of wanting to do more than just Stussy and maybe um, streetwear and maybe transition into like art and curating um, your artistic side? I had always been interested in art and um, since I moved to New York, I've always been interested in, you know, writers, designers, artists, and I've always wanted to be able to help the people that I believed in, like, believe in succeed, like help them create a platform for them to rise to the next level or to display their talent on a, you know, broader scale. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had been curating shows, like still working at Adam Kimmel, uh, still working at Stussy, just they were more like pop-up shows. Wait, did you say yesterday you were doing them at Stussy or they were more like conceived uh, the idea? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I didn't have any sort of pop-up art shows at Stussy. Um, Stussy sort of became a space where I started uh, Wham Book Club mm-hmm. in 2017. And that was just, you know, a concept that I had about bringing creative people together um, around, you know, a common theme like a book and yeah, just having a group discussion with them, just like learning more. So the, the book side was first. Yeah. The book side, the book side started in 2017. And I think the first, the first book we did was Nova York. Um, yeah, like I said, like Stussy was already sort of like a cultural hub. So to do a book like Nova York, you know, about graffiti was like a really easy interest for a lot of the people that went to Stussy. Around and so that, yeah. we got to, you know, we got to chop it up about that. What, at what point after that started, were you like, maybe I need to try to pursue getting an actual gallery space um, to maybe show like fine art or whatever that uh, eventually became. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wham doesn't really show fine art, you know, (laughs) and we show like people who aren't like traditionally trained in fine art. Um, But I decided to have that space uh, in 2019 just because it was just getting so expensive to temporarily like set up an art show and have it like run for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, just if you, yeah, it's just hard to like get a pop-up spot in like the city, but you know, wherever there's a will, there's a way. So I just like was able to make it work. How did you find the space for WAM? Cause like right now uh, for the listeners we're in a mall that's within a huge building in Chinatown and wham is located within that um like how did you find the space when did you start shopping around like for an actual physical space yeah i mean i like used to come here like when i was just younger just like you know just chinatown is you know it's 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 beautiful it like reminded me of like home a community that was just sort of sort of like untapped but like also so 
you know, so historical. Um, it just had so much history here. I wanted to just like I felt like this was a per, like the perfect place to to set up a, a gallery. You know, it was sort of like not what you would not where you would sort of picture a gallery. Maybe you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like a traditional sh setting. It's almost like stumbling upon it. Yeah, it's or, a, you know, it's kind of like a secret. You know. Yeah. I, I, I said this before, but the first time I came here, I thought I went to the wrong place. And I had texted Shane and she was like, no, no, that's right. That's right. And then it's like really cool. Like, it's like, oh, look, like we can go shopping or like look around, but then also see art. Like, it's not like being on, you know, a specific street, like Orchard Street or something. I don't know. And it's like gallery, gallery, gallery or whatever it is. Yeah. No, wham, wham is anything. We could, yeah, I love being in the mall. Like, you know, it's a free public art space and mm -hmm. anyone can come in and, and check it out or find out about it by just like coming to the mall. Mm -hmm. You know, just if you're curious enough, you like walk into places, you know, especially around the city. I've always been like curious and like always explored the city. And like till this day, I love like walking around and like taking different blocks or just like walking into places just to see what the insides look like. You know, I still like get excited when I go into like apartments because like I've always, you know, just like just it's just different every each time it's different. Yeah. What um, what was it like when you were initially um running the gallery how are you deciding who to feature i've always sort of followed like certain artists that i really liked that like their work really sort of moved me and i had this idea to do like an art show with just like you know artists just to bring artists together and just to do a show that was larger like brought in like a group show that sort of brought in multimedia artists that were connected, but like also had different sort of like themes behind their work. Like I just wanted to, like I, it was my sort of like expression of like New York, the melting pot, you know, and how could I sort of, you know, display this sort of chaos um, that I wanted to sort of see through, you know, the artists that could bring, um, you know, that vision who can help me translate that vision in a space. Um, and so that sort of became that initial group show was, was sort of like the blueprint for the artists that went on to do solo exhibitions. Now, fast forward, I guess, to 2022. Um, what is Wham now? Is Would you say that it's in the same space as at that point of inception and in those early shows or have you transitioned wham is still like true to its mission where it's you know supporting and displaying showcasing the next generation of artists it's still like very true to that you know idea and it's it's grown since that initial show like it's you know, official. It's yeah, yeah. It's officially official. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it's an established gallery, and yeah, you got a lot of shows under your belt. We got a lot of shows, a lot of good shows coming up. But like, yeah, we're just gonna keep doing it here, and you know, pretty much all around the world eventually. Do you have a Miami location? No, um, 
There's a there's an artist that like I collaborate with in Miami that allows us to use his like studio space. Um, he's a great artist, and he's just like always been supportive of the gallery and um, allowing us to sort of display our vision presence and you know in sort of in, in, around around you know like art art Miami Basel where so many art enthusiasts come right. to look at art so mm-hmm. um yeah we you know i felt like that was sort of like a natural um city for wham to expand to mm-hmm. in speaking to like curators and people that just like work in galleries and stuff like that it seems like uh whenever i ask like their favorite point is uh, like studio visits um would you say that that's also something that you enjoy yeah i love going to studios for sure i love like going to people's cribs and like just seeing how they live you know yeah you're kind uh, of saying that in new york you know it's again like people you got to be creative to to really live out here yeah i i love to see people's spaces people's worlds you know it's just like so intimate and personal i feel like it kind of gives me a lens into like what this person you know is like so i, I love visiting spaces and like going to other galleries and just yeah, going to people's houses, going to parties. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what would you say is the best part about running Wham? And what would you say is maybe worst or hardest part of, about running it? Well, the best part is really just like allowing people to show their vision, um, meeting new people, um, you know, like trying to just make it different and exciting each time and like not predictable. I think it's always like fun to just like challenge, you know, the viewer or the audience. Um, And so that part's been really exciting and just like also just seeing it grow and finding like sort of having more of like an international presence and having people like find out about it in other countries is also like really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely humbling. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just like looking forward to just like, you know, growing it even further, you know, why not? And eventually maybe having like a foundation or something upstate where people can just go and look back at like, you know, 2019 and like 2022 and just look at like what the art was, you know, coming out of like New York, you know, because really like i don't know there's just like so many galleries that are like cool and all but like are just like trying to fit the narrative you know and like not like yeah not taking enough chances you know i think it's like about taking risks you know like you said it's not fine art which i thought was like such a (laughs) clear cut response to you know that point like that's not what you're trying to do here yeah 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 what would you say is the hardest part the hardest part i mean probably yeah just like maintaining it all you know like making sure it's like fresh and new each time and just like yeah i don't know i i it's not like that hard you know i guess like hard like maybe like financially hard you know because like you always have to like ship work or just like you know like store it or just you know just 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 like little expenses, you know, that just like add up that like, you know, I guess like sometimes come out of pocket, you know, it's like kind of like a, it's kind of run like a, 
like a mom and pop shop, you know, like I kind of do everything around here, you know, like we install the show, we like find the artist, we write the press release, we, you know, it's, um, yeah, just sort of like maintaining, maintaining the space and having it be like a hundred percent, like all the time, you know? How regimented do you have it? Like, are you always like, we have this show and then you have like several lined up. Like is, has it gotten to the point now where you have like people, I guess I don't know exactly how it works. Like if people contact you or more, you contact them, but are you like, yeah. very like, like you got it lined up now? <clears throat> yeah. For the most part. I mean, you know, you don't have to contact us. We'll contact you, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but no, we, we've had some like really good, like inquiries of artists that like have reached out to us who really just fuck with us and like want their works displayed here. And so, um, yeah, no, we, 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 we definitely have like a list, you know, there, there's just, you know, there's so much art, (laughs) there's so much art, there's so many artists out there that like just need a space or a platform to show their work is like you want to just be like sitting on stuff all the time it would drive like anyone crazy you know you want to just like mm-hmm. move on to the next you know body of work and like as an artist like it's just like important to to just reinvent yourself like every time you know and like you just you know and that's you know the fun part really yeah do you make personal art? I know that you've done photography work, correct? You know, Wham is my art. Absolutely, yeah. I would you know? feel similarly. <laughs> but some people like don't feel that way. They think more fine art lens. No, yeah, this is art. This is not personal. Yeah, you know, art is art is anything an artist makes. So that's that. You know, it mm-hmm. could be anyone if you're honest with yourself. You speak with like. I don't know, this level of admiration for New York that like I feel only true New Yorkers speak with. What is it about the city? Like, I know you've said like a ton of things, but like people fucking <laughs> love the city. Like, yeah. you know, everyone says that, that moniker of, you know, it. you have to be fucking resilient to live here. People are like, bro, I love this place. Yeah, I mean, the city is like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, you know, New York is definitely not like what it used to be, but like, it's still pretty, it's still pretty awesome. (laughs) You know, it's still like really sick to live here. And, and, you know, I don't know, I guess like the history of it, like the people, like, you know, just seeing the people, just seeing like different communities and cultures like clash and like food and just like, you know, like I get to, I get to really see it, you know, like everyone, uh, you know, like just going back, like I've always had this sort of, you know, outsider sort of perspective on everything. And so just like, I've always looked at the city and just seen, you know, just the, the, the beautiful chaos, the collaboration happen. And it's like, that's just like what keeps me going. You know, that's kind of like, damn, like I want to be part of this, you know? And, um, and it's always changing too, you know, it's just like, it, it changes so quick. Um, and just to be a part of that change, you know, is like also so sick, you know? Um, and I think it's, it's because it moves so fast here. You can actually see, you know, 
the changes sometimes, you know, sometimes like when you're like immersed too much in like the environment, you can kind of like time will go by and you won't sort of notice, you know, things moving, but it's, it's, it's always kind of been, yeah, like inspiring to me in the history and just like, yeah, just like CBGBs and like the mud club, like all of those places are just like, yeah, so, so sick, so dope to me, you Mm -hmm. know, like I, I haven't, you know, I haven't lived, I haven't lived here, you know, my whole life, obviously I wasn't from here, so I can't talk about it in that way, but I do feel the way we're like, I'll go to some places one day and the energy will be so different the next day to where like, I'm like, wow, I want to go back to that place. Yeah. And it's like so interesting how like where I'm from a small town is not like that, but here it's like, even in a day, like the energy can shift in a location or by the hour or something like that. Yeah, man, it's always changing. Like, it, it's kind of it's kind of cool because I feel like people from that are not from here can really catch those moments and 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 feel that. You know, sometimes when you're like immersed in it, like every single day, you kind of like kind of transition with it. But like mm-hmm. just stepping out and then stepping back in, you're like you can kind of you can see you can see it. You can almost catch yourself. You know, but I think people like who are not from the city, like. Yeah, just having that perspective, like this outsider perspective, I want to say like, you know, it, it's up one, you know, you're up one if 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 you kind of have like international perspective or just like you travel and you come to New York and you bring, you know, what you're good at to New York to make this place like better, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, definitely. Um, how'd you get into boxing? Um. I've always just like loved the sport like of of boxing like I always thought it was like I always like kind of like action movies you know growing up I thought it would be it'd be cool to be like an action hero or something or like just like to know to be like I don't know like Muhammad Ali or like Mike Tyson like they're mm-hmm. just so like exciting boxers to watch like you know like my family's like old school in the sense where they like appreciate sort of like those older sports you know like in in eastern europe like boxing like my dad boxed you know like he um it was it was sort of like you know it was just it was like a smart sport and i've always kind of like it yeah it was always just like i felt like challenging but also like allowed me to sort of like blow off like all the steam that i kind of had like building up just like being you know in new york Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, my dad like got me into it really, you know, like in, in, you know, you go to public school in, 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 in Brooklyn, like you got to know how to fight, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) like otherwise just like kids are just like, you know, beating you up or like taking your money and like, especially when you got the soup out for lunch. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Like people are just cracking jokes on your name and like little (laughs) kids, they're mean, you know, like they're like, they don't get, get, yeah, you know, so like you have to like, kind of like stand your own, but you know, I was, I was never really like a fighter, man. I was always a lover, you know? So like, I, I like, I, I'm, I'm happy that I, I, you know, I started boxing because I think it gave me also confidence just to, just to, you know, be around like all different types of people. Like I wasn't like, you know, yeah, like I wasn't really like too shook, like going to places I've always felt like safe, you know? And mm-hmm. I think like if you, you take care of yourself, if, yeah, if you feel safe, you could like be a little kid and like go into the city and just like get into trouble or just like, you know, you're just like, you know, you could like hold your own. Yeah. 
Were you were you like in a gym boxing at a young age with a trainer? Yeah, I mean, I kind of I like yeah, I was I was with a trainer and like I was at a young age for sure like when I was like just like a teenager like you know, I like remember coming home and like telling my parents how like, you know, like I almost like got into a fight and this kid was like we we're about to like fight. We didn't fight in the end, but like I was just, you know, stressed out about like middle school and shit and I was just like <laughs> You know, and my dad's like, look, like, I'm taking you to the gym. And he, like, brought me to Starrett City, you know, boxing club. And it's in Pennsylvania, Queens, or Pennsylvania Ave in, like, Brooklyn, Queens area. And this gym was just, like, in a basement, you know. And um, it just, like, smelled like piss, like, but it was just, like, you know, it, like, bred champions. And, and I really saw a lot of, like boxers like come out of that gym like daniel jacobson and like you know saddam ali like you know uh and i and i would see like great boxers also just like my weight class just like zab judah and like wow. yeah just a lot of like i would just see some so many Impressive. cool like fright and they were yeah. like they're like they were like my heroes you know like i th always thought like that was yeah they were just like heroes they were like gladiators you know like they were just like they were just like these like like stallions you know and and yeah i was like i don't know i was i was like the sport like yeah that's kind of how i got into it were you like really training at that age like multiple days a week like were you ever into it like very seriously yeah i mean i yeah i was definitely into it like seriously i was I like competing i was competing and i was going to the gym like all the time because that those were like my friends you know at, at one point and we would go and we would just like see who could like hold on to like the pull-up bar for like the longest you know or just like i remember like just running up and down the stairs of like the buildings in starrett city like that's like those those uh those there's like you know there's like 50 floors in those buildings you know you just like run up and down the stairs so it was like a physical challenge but it was also like fun like just like yeah we would like you know, my, my coach, like, let me play, like, basketball and, like, let me go to the park and stuff, too, like, whenever, because being, like, a good boxer, you have to, like, be, you know, you, you got to, like, work out, like, all, you know, your, like, everything, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it was good. It definitely, like, helped me, I feel like, yeah, I had, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, I wasn't, like, an angry kid or anything, but, like, I was just, like, always just, like, you know, I, f I felt like you just build up tension, you know. It's sure, just, like, sure. such a good way to, like, just, you know, like, I feel like skateboarding is like that, you know, for some people or just, like, yeah. it's just yeah, your music, you know, and, like, sort of, like, boxing was, like, my sort of, like, outlet, you know. And, um, yeah, I was kind of, like, looked up to the greats. Did you ever, um, did you ever fight? Yeah, like, I, I would, like, compete. I, like, competed, you know, in, the, like, the Golden Gloves and, like, I competed wow. in, like, the Junior Olympics. Wow. And, um, yeah, I was just, like, you know, I was, I was yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, like, competitive, you know. Um, but then I had, like... What did you fight at? What weight? Um, I fought at, like, 125. Man, it's kind of crazy to think about, like, how, like, little I was. Small but, like, time, I was, yeah. like, 125. What weight class is that? Um... It's not like, it's like, like, I don't know, like Walter weight. I don't know. Uh, featherweight maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. It, it like kind of like changes now. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I recently kind of thought about like getting back into, you know, fighting shape, you know, I feel like <laughs> I got like a steam. I want to like definitely blow out, but, um, but yeah, those gyms, they're like rare, you know, they're like their own clubs, you know, mm -hmm. and like. 
they're like rare. There's, you know, now there's like Equinox or whatever. You got like, you know, you got all these like brands and shit. Like, no, that's not the same. But this that's place, not a basement that smells like yeah, pills. yeah, dude. It was so gnarly in there, and like everyone, and just like everyone, like it didn't matter like how rich or poor you were, and right, like you right. just like you, you came in there, and like everybody just like was just like you know, like the music was on in the background, like Fab was playing or something, and it was just like really. Yeah, you know, like it was, it was such a great experience. I'm, I'm honestly like super, like thankful. I got to sort of participate in that sport. Yeah, it's amazing. Chris told me you boxed, but he didn't say how serious. I didn't realize that you were yeah. like really serious with it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I mean, like I said, I might, I might get back into it. I might be like on some like Mickey Rourke shit where like I'm just like I love Mickey. I <laughs> would just like Mickey come Rourke. back and just start like fighting like competitively. You know, like if the art shit doesn't work out, I'm just gonna like, you know, just become a professional boxer or some shit. <laughs> I told I, to, I told Caleb Barnett when I interviewed him because he boxes and he uh, I was like that Mickey Ward Arturo Gotti fight is insane. That fight is so good. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I have. Oh my! It's crazy. He gets like it's, he gets beat up for like eight rounds, and yeah. then he punches him with a liver shot, knocks him out. That's amazing. It's yeah. cra- It's like such a crazy fight. The movie The Fighters like based off it, but the real fight is amazing. I think it's on YouTube too. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. That yeah. sounds. That sounds interesting. Do you have like any favorite fights? Uh, favorite fights. Um, yeah, I guess like I mean, obviously. You know, Mike Tyson, like the Holyfield fight was so crazy seeing that. Like, um, the Mayweather De La Hoya fight was also yeah, like pretty crazy. epic. Um, you know, the Zab Judah fight with, um, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on this, this guy's name, but he basically, he like knocks him out in like the second round and then Zab Judah gets up and he's so like dizzy and like just, you know, like he, he he just got knocked out and he gets up like so quick and then he like wobbles again and like points at the referee and then just like falls again. So he like gets up and like falls again. It was like a double knockout. Like it was just crazy. And then like, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of fucked that he started wanting, he wanted to fight the referee. They like ended the fight and I think they like took his like boxing license after that. Like oh, it's such a, you know, it's not like a classy move you know for a boxer you got to have like good sportsmanship but yeah, like yeah. that dude is like a beast you know I've, I've i've gotten seen him like work out in the gym before and he's just like you know like people are like really like fighting for their like lives you know it's like they put it all out on the line and, mm-hmm. and like i think that's like has always inspired me to like you know kind of keep pushing and just like work as hard like to do anything else you know outside of the sport but like to give it that you know that amount of effort yeah yeah it was yeah super cool did you ever have any like did you ever have any tough fights like did you ever get knocked out tough fights yeah i did i mean one time i was it was like a sparring um and my um my coach put me in with this like really big ass dude and already a mistake yeah it was a mistake but he was super he was so like he was so jacked like he was so like muscular like he was he was slow you know it made him slow and Mm. and so like i was able to sort of like dodge his like you know his moves and i feel like he was getting angry that he couldn't like catch me and then he just threw out this like one punch that really laid me out and it was really the first time i sort of had like like 
blacked out. Like when you get Holy punched, shit. like when you get knocked out, like when you get knocked out, like it's like lights out. Like you just fall to the ground. And then like the next thing you know, like you're just like trying to get up. You're like, cause this is like, you know, you just shut off, you know, you shut off, you yeah, fall to the so ground. And, um, but yeah, you know, like that was definitely like a learning experience. Um, yeah, luckily it wasn't like too bad, but that really didn't like stop me from like competing. It was just like, you know, just something that, a hiccup. yeah, that happens. Like, you know, it is what it is, you know? Did you end up having like a professional record? Like, no, I never went like professional. I like, I like kind of, I was, you know, I was like getting like older and like, I was just like not spending as much time like in the gym. And I was just like, I was kind of like my interests were changing and, um, yeah, I kind of want to like explore like just like other things, you know, I like, yeah, I want, I like, yeah, I want to kind of be like in the scene. I wanted to see like what people were doing, like, you know, in the city, I was trying to like, I guess like figure out who I was, you know, outside of like, of course you know, outside of Brooklyn, crash. you know? Yeah, exactly. And so like, I felt like I had to just like go out there, get my hands dirty, like just like meet a bunch of different people and like, yeah, figure it out. What time, what, at what age did you stop? Did you like stop boxing? I stopped probably around like, you know, like probably like 17, 18 years old. Like I was just like, yeah, like, you know. Like college time almost, when you're about to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. about to start school. I was about to start school and, like, yeah, I just, like, wasn't, like, I wasn't living in Brooklyn anymore. I wasn't, like, you know, Starrett City is, like, an, it's, like, it's, like, near Kennedy Airport, you know. It's, like, an hour away from, like, wow. Brain Beach, and I would, like, commute there, you know. And Damn, I'm just, yeah, like. As a kid. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to go to, like, Queens, you know. I wanted to go to, like. Manhattan, you know, <laughs> like I wanted to go to the city. I wanted to see like the bright lights, you know, like I, I just, yeah, I just kind of, yeah, I wanted to go like to Manhattan. Did you already have friends like in that downtown scene at that age? Like, did you already know like, oh, I kind of fuck with what's going on here? Yeah, no, I mean, like I, I met like, yeah, I kind, I mean, I knew some people who were living like in the city, but like. I was definitely spending a lot of time in Brooklyn, but like I was just, yeah, going into the city and I think just like, you know, just like hanging out really, like just, you know, not doing anything. You just kind of meet people actually, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely still like that now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like walking around, you know, just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, like, yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was really like organic really the way it happened like somebody was like oh this is like my friend like come meet him and then mm -hmm. like we're going to this person's house and then like you would go and you know and then you just like kind of met people that way um but it was like yeah nobody was really like no one really had like instagram really it was like no one really like people had like facebook it was crazy actually like people were just like friends on facebook but like <laughs> yeah, but yeah, instagram yeah. was sort of kind of like later on and then yeah like yeah, I connected with a lot of people like through like Facebook at that time. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. What spots were you frequenting in like Brooklyn when you were younger? Um, like like in Brooklyn, I was spending like you know I was kind of going to like Park Slope. There's always like parties in Park Slope and like I, I, I fuck with Park Slope. Yeah, yeah, you know it's 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 like it was close. Like a lot of people who went to my high school, they lived in Park Slope. Um, and so like my high school is like right in the middle of like where I grew up and like where, yeah, just like Brooklyn. And so like people from like downtown Brooklyn would come 
to my school and then we would just like kind of all kick it there because it was you know the furthest place you can go without sort of like leaving the borough in a way like you never really went to like we i never chilled in like williamsburg or like bushwick because like there was like no reason to really go there but um not not like not so much red hook red hook was just kind of like off you know too far like kind of off the q you know off the qb line really like yeah 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 we would always go there and like there'd always be like parties in the park and prospect park and like yeah brooklyn is like i have like i I really appreciate like where i where i grew up like like now more than ever you know i always used to like just like hate on like where i grew up it happens yeah yeah. it's kind of natural yeah no exactly like you know just thinking about it now it's just like you kind of you always kind of like resent the thing that you know you have the most but yeah, Brooklyn is cool because it's like enough. It's like quiet enough for me to just like get peace. So I'm I'm happy I get to like yeah, sort of leave yeah. Manhattan, and like just like chill out next to the beach or something, or like on the boardwalk, go to Coney Island, you know, and just like just sort of like appreciate where I'm from and just like yeah. Do you still kick it with your folks? Yeah, I, I, I yeah I see I see my po- like my folks like all the time. You know, I try to go to Brooklyn like all the time. You know, and like I love going to Coney Island. It's like one of my favorite places to go. You know, I bring like my friends there. Like, yeah, I feel like Coney Island also like sort of like inspired the art in me. Just like the the freaky like fun houses, like the freak shows, the bumper cars, like you know, like all of this like sort of carnival themed like shows were just like yeah. I I felt like I wanted to. You know, translate that with. That feels like way. With, with the yeah, 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 with with the gallery really. Yeah. Um, are there any like upcoming things with Wham specifically um, that you would might that you might want the the listeners to know, like coming forward, maybe for like either the month of October yeah. or like November. Yeah. Right now we have um, a great show up um, by Jasmine Montague, aka Space Brat. Um, oh, she's amazing! Yeah, talented, crazy. talented airbrush artist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her show is up through October sixteenth. Um, we have a show from Devin Beck. Um, also, um, it's going to be a painting show that's opening up October twenty first. Um, and then we got yeah, we have some shows like planned for. Miami uh this year for Art Basel and some more yeah art shows next year some you know international shows um I'm going to do a show in Paris you know Tokyo wow, cool oh shit um and those are more like like that pop-up style yeah those will like either be like collaborations with other galleries or um yeah just like a pop-up like like a like almost like a like a like a fair long like a like a weekend sort of show. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, yeah, in other cities, and uh, we got more like book talks coming up. We got one coming up with like Clayton Patterson, and uh, you know, uh, Cochise and in 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 one, like the Seven Gardens in the in the in the East Village, and yeah. A lot of a lot of cool stuff. We got like books coming out also. Um, 
yeah, some fashion shows that are going to be done in the space. Yeah. Fashion shows in the space. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that prior. Yeah, we, we, we have, we've done, we've done a show with, um, this fashion designer, artist, Anna Bellina, and we just took over the entire mall and she had the models like walk through the hallways, come up the escalator, (laughs) then go down the escalator and all, you know, all the, the crowd was just like against the glass of the business, like during the off hours of the mall. So it was really, yeah, it was like some New York shit. Like Uh we just like did it all like unofficially you know like we didn't rent out the space or anything like we were unsure whether or not this actual show was going to happen but you know it was it it worked out everything was sick and that's like kind of the moments that i really like love the most those like kind of like spontaneous Mm -hmm. you know shows that like you're not really sure if they're going to happen or not but when they do it's like such a great feeling absolutely of course I think I actually had one other question. Um, do you have any specific favorite uh, shows that you've had so far? They're they're all different. Like, I think my favorite my favorite show was the very first show that we had. Um, no time like the present because um, that was sort of a collaborative show. Uh, that I had worked on with uh, artist Alibo. And it was really exciting because that was sort of, you know, the the mall was really packed out. It was like the end of the summer and um, it was just, it was was so hot and everyone was just crowded in the space. Like I think just seeing sort of that first show and the reaction really was... um, was really just exciting because then you kind of, you kind of, you're witnessing it as it happens and you're just like, like, Oh my God, like this is going to be something great. You know, you just kind of get excited because you can see how it's sort of like connecting with like, you know, it it seemed like had no one had sort of done this sort of party art show, you know, for so long, it, it felt like, it felt like, yeah, we like we had given back to sort of this downtown community who just like is just like about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that show was really great, and I mean, each show is different and always brings in like a new a new audience. But I think like a lot of the artists that we show, like like I said, have this sort of overlapping vision yeah. with um, that like that are they're able to just like communicate to you know their you know, their communities really. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No, thank you. No, yeah, for sure. Thank you.